crew all season long on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings. Now live from American Family Field, here's your host, Dominic Catronio. Trust me, you guys, when I say that we don't want to be sitting here talking about Mike Brasso pitching for the second time in a week on these postgame shows, but that's the reality we're faced with. The Brewers get blown out again, 12-2 in the opener against the Houston Astros of a three-game series and a seven-game homestand. And Corbin Burns got rocked a little bit. We're going to talk about all of that here. I'm Dominic Catronio with Jeff Cirillo. I mean, there's a lot of ways that you can talk about how well Corbin Burns has pitched up until this season, but... It's really been, to me, Jeff, a, a kind of a failure-to-launch season for Corbin. He had that great start in Arizona when he looked dominant. Then after that, he had that little uh, virus thing he started to deal with, lost a ton of weight. He pitched decent against the Royals, a few walks more than he would have probably liked. But at the end of the day, he's, he's really not got off the ground here now that we're more than a quarter of the way into the season. Well, it's one of those things that you expect so much from, from him. But I got to tell you, I mean, the thing that's a little alarming is velocity's down, and he was kind of going to away from his cutter and going to his slider and more of a breaking ball night. And for for Corbin, he's a guy that we know relies on the cutter. But for what we have seen in the last year or so, it's kind of I don't know if, if the cutter isn't quite performing the same or what is going wrong with the pitch. But clearly, opposing offenses have singled out that pitch, and they're not really getting beat by it anymore. Do you, do you agree with that statement? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the numbers definitely back that up as far as his chase rate. His strikeout's a little bit down. You know, you look at it tonight, I mean, he's going, he's almost like Kenley Jansen, right, when he started, everyone's like looking for his cutter, and now he's had to kind of morph himself, right, because the league's going to learn, and, uh, you know, I mean, maybe if your velocity's just a tick down, it stops maybe a little bit down. So now he's got to pitch a little bit more, which might make him better. In the long run, where you're just not relying on just the cutter to get him out of down, get him out of danger. And the other thing with Corbin, we talked about this with Eric Lauer on Saturday in Tampa Bay. Uh, Corbin, he was falling behind today. He was just 50% first pitch strike rate. 12 out of 24 batters saw first pitch strike. And I mean, you're asking for failure against this lineup against the Houston Astros if you're falling behind. And all four home runs that he allowed, a new career high, by the way were when he was behind in the count. Well, you got a human reaction, right? They're not robots out there. And you, you kind of you mirror what you see, right? I mean, if his cutter's working, you can see if it's overpowering. And then the opposite, of course, of that is that, you know, they're laying off the cutter. He doesn't have the feel for it. He doesn't have the conviction for it. So now he's trying to pitch, right, mix and match, and, and throw more sliders and fastballs and more breaking balls. And the sinker just hasn't quite stuck for him, of course. He gave up one of his home runs on that sinker. And... Can you help explain to the casual fan why he may be trying to develop a sinking fastball to complement his cutter, given that that's the adjustment he's trying to make this year, noticing how many teams have been on his cutter? Well, what happens is you're trying to split the plate, right? You're trying to get one pitch where the right-handers are diving out over first cutter, and then you have this fastball coming out of the same, same mirror or same tunnel, and like you said, you know, it, it might look good in the bullpen, right? That sink, and but unfortunately, the hitters give you give you the reaction that you're that you're looking for, and so he's trying to shave that pitch, getting a ball to go both ways. 
I just want to read some numbers here. And again, if you want to join in on the show, 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank talking text line, old National Bank. Get old. I just want to read, I tweeted these stats that since the no-hitter, September 11, 2021, to last year's trade deadline, 24 starts, a 238 ERA, a 183 opponent average, and 10 double-digit strikeout games. Whereas since last year's trade deadline to now, 23 games started, so one fewer, he's got a 396 ERA. That's more than a run and a half higher on just the ERA, not just total runs. His batting average against is 37 points higher than it was in the previous 24 games, and he's only got one double-digit strikeout game in his last 23 games started. So this has kind of been a slow build right now for Corbin. What's it going to take in your eyes for him to get his way out? I'm not asking for a double-digit strikeout game his next time out, but to see the Corbin Burns that we have seen this season, like against Arizona and like against Kansas City, against maybe a higher-tier opponent than those two teams. No, I don't think it's really the matter of the team that he's facing, right? Stuff plays. And there's going to be games like against Arizona, even against the Royals, where he might not have his great command, but he still had really good stuff, right? And so he was able to get away with stuff that game. Tonight was unfortunately one of those ones where he didn't have great stuff and his command was off. So, you know, the numbers are what they are. I mean, you know, pre-2021, after before the All-Star break, and then, and then like you just said, his last 23 starts. So he might not be the, the Cy Young Award winner of 2021, but he's still a very reliable top-end, front-line starter in the Major League uh, rotation. And the other thing with Corbin and this team in particular this season is the weight on his shoulders is even greater given the fact that you now have a fourth pitcher that's gone on the injured list with Eric Lauer before today's game. So these starts are already under a microscope. Now, when you lose 12-2, to there's not much to really analyze. But the fact is, Corbin and Freddie are really going to have to take all the load moving forward now that Lauer's on the injured list, Miley's out for an extended time, Wirjof has been out for a while now too. He's not back until July in the best-case scenario. And, and, And Ashby's been out all year, so most of the anticipated starting rotation. Even Hauser missed the first month of the season. So the fact that Freddie and Corbin have had the shoulder the entire load, it's going to have to change quickly, but it's not easy for just to rely on those two guys when you're expecting the pitching to carry you this year. Well, it's funny you'd say that, right? I imagine that Craig and even Chris would tell would tell Burns, it looks like just, just do you and just pitch your game. You know, Don't really worry about the other four guys that are on the disabled list, but as a frontline guy, you know, you kind of wear it, right? You wear that as you're the, the ace of the staff, and so I got to go deep in the game, right? And once you kind of start playing that I got a role, you know, things really start to unravel quickly, you know, instead of kind of staying in the moment as we all hear and, and talk about and just kind of be in pitch to pitch. And so I, I'm guaranteed, you know, when he's in his locker tonight, you know, he's going to feel guilty, right? Not only is he going to feel upset about his only his poor performance, but he's also can feel a little bit guilty about not being able to shoulder the load and going deep in order to the game. Yeah, and we'll have uh, another start in five days to talk about from Corbin Burns, but as, as I've used this analogy a few times now, but we are a quarter of the way into the season. I've said, look, if you're going to make a double bogey when you're playing golf, you want it to be done early so you have time to make it up. I'm not saying it's early anymore, but the point is he's still got a ton of starts. He's probably got, assuming health, another 20 starts this season. So there is 
a chance for him to turn it around. He would just ideally like to turn it around as quickly as possible. we got more to come with Jeff Cirillo. This is Brewers Extra Innings presented by Fifth Third Bank with a local Milwaukee team. Fifth Third Bank also knows that hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years. They're offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities. And that's going to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value that only Fifth Third can deliver at Fifth Third Bank. National Association member FDIC. Just getting going on Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Brewers Ball 12 2 tonight. I'm Dominic Catronio along with Jeff Cirillo here on BEI 855 616 1620. Again, 855 616 1620. Josh in Milwaukee texting Burns hasn't been in his elite form this season, but that's a high standard. What we hone in on, and when we compare statistics from season past, I think, Jeff, you nailed it talking about it a moment ago. The cutter and the chase rates, the strikeouts are down, teams aren't chasing as much. It's about varying looks, right, and trying to see if he can find another out pitch, another pitch that can have teams fooled and trust his stuff enough because he can get swings and misses, but even that has been down this season too. Yeah, I mean, he nailed it, right? I mean, you look at the chase rate, and, and again, I go back to the fact that, look, they're human beings out there, right? They're going to react, you know, a pitcher's going to react to the hitter, right? And the hitter's having tough swings, so they're not seeing it, or it feels like his pitch is overpowering, he's going to stick with it. When he's not getting that same reaction, then he's got to pivot, right? And so that's kind of what you've seen with Burns doing, like throwing more sinkers off the cutter to get him off the cutter. Uh, now we got to talk about the offense, though, only scoring... Two runs again today, only six hits. Two of them were by Rowdy Telez. One of them, a solo homer for Rowdy, his 12th of the season. Uh, only, you know, a Tyrone, table, Tyrone Taylor double late in the game was the only other extra base hit in this one as well. Only had one at bat with a runner in scoring position, two after that double from Tyrone. So it, it's it's been kind of a same old song and dance, unfortunately, as of the last week and a half, two weeks for the Brewers of... A, not getting enough at-bats with owners in scoring position, or B, getting at-bats with owners in scoring position and not doing anything with it. Is there anything that's jumping out to you about approaches and things of that nature? Because they really didn't strike out all that much against a strikeout pitcher, Christian Javier, only five punch-outs in six innings for him. Right. Well, you're seeing, right? I mean, so they're not getting on base, and they're not hitting a lot of home runs. So that's that's indicative of why they're not scoring any runs, right? If you can get on base, you kind of can manufacture with some of the speed that they have or putting the game in motion. But we're not hitting home runs, and 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 you're not getting on, on getting a lot of guys, to, you know, to work work counts and work innings. You know, you're you're kind of, and you know, I mean, quite frankly, you know, they've run into a few bad saws. We've talked about when they were in Tampa, tough place to see, right? You know, they did score some runs in the last game and in the inning, in the game, the second game too. So tonight they ran after a good a good pitcher in Javier. And look, the Astros are a good team. They're a deep team. You saw how their work work burns and, and work the counts. And one through nine, you know, they can flip it and just all of a sudden you got Alvarez up in the middle of the order in the middle of the game with runners on. And and you look at this coming week now. Now you get through Javier today. The next two days are younger arms. J.P. France is a prospect arm that they've had to call up a little bit faster than they anticipated because of all the other injuries to their starting rotation as well. Remember, Lance McCullers hasn't pitched yet this season. Luis Garcia is out for the year with Tommy John surgery. Jose Urquidy is out with shoulder inflammation right now. So they, too, are dealing with injuries. You'll get J.P. France tomorrow and Brandon Belak on Wednesday, two of their younger arms. 
And then the Brewers will counter with Colin Ray and Adrian Hauser. But if the Brewers are going to get right and try to steal this series, they can still win this series despite getting beat bad tonight. It's going to have to be against those two starters because you didn't see the A bullpen tonight. Uh, it's been interesting to see Ryan Presley, Brian Abreu, uh, Phil Maton's been dominant this year for them. You don't want to see that A bullpen on the other side, so you've got to get to the starters starting tomorrow. Oh, it's just so funny that Major League Baseball, right? You circle this series, and it's just a matchup of just great starting pitching, right? Two teams with a chance to win the World Series with the World Series in town, right? And you, and you write this one down, and you think this is going to be a great matchup of starting pitching. And basically, you have four pitchers that, that really weren't even on the Major League roster to start the season. I know that Adrian Hauser was hurt, but, you know, he really wasn't going to be one of the five. So it's one of those ones. I mean, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, getting to the rookies. They'll have tons of scouting reports on them, tons of video on the pitchers. And so hopefully the Brewers will be able to turn around and work the counts and, and get a good quality start. Uh, on a positive note, though, Rowdy Telez is starting to hit the ball hard again right now. And he very quietly, when you look at the entire season, right? I mean, he when he's gotten low, it's been pretty low at times. But he's got an 897 OPS now and 160 plate appearances. He's got 12 homers. I mean, he is a pure home run hitter right now. 12 homers and only four doubles. He's also drawn 21 walks. Uh, that is the most on the team at this point in the year. I, I, I like what I'm seeing right now from Rowdy continuing the good times with a couple of hits today. It's so funny that you always bring his name up. Like You must get a lot of emails or texts about Rowdy Telez not swinging the bat well. I, I love the guy. I've always told you I've loved him. I love his presence in the lineup. Even against left-handers, you know, I still think he's kind of a threat out there. He has presence, he has patience, and uh, obviously he has power at all fields. And I just like seeing him out there, and he's and he's pretty slick with the glove around the base. And I want to correct myself. He's one back of Willie's team lead in walks. Big big whoop. But, uh, Jeff, you don't want to see my Twitter mentions, man. They're a dark, dark place these days. When the Brewers are losing, it's it's it's, it's not fun. The mute button's getting a workout the last few days. All right, let's just put it like that. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank goodness you never put my 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 tag on there with your with your Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to drag you down into it as well. I'm a positive guy, man. I try to look on the bright side, glass half full. But sometimes you look at the line score and that tells you the whole story, right? 12 runs, 15 hits on the other side, two runs, six hits for your side. There's only so many ways you can slice that. If people want to be negative to be negative, I don't want to read it all the time, okay? I'm just being real. But I appreciate everybody who listens or interacts with the show. There's not really a difference-making moment to talk about, but we want to give the Astros some props, specifically Jordan Alvarez. That's going to come up next. Brewers X Ratings continues. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Normally right about now we'd be talking about a difference-making moment, but in a 12-2 game there aren't that many. It's brought to you by Annex Wealth Management. Annex Wealth Management's different, not driven by commission sales or pushing financial products you may not actually need, but it's for elite, comprehensive financial planning customized to who you are and what you need. You can contact Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference at AnnexWealth.com. Jeff, I, I mean, we could pick a, a swing uh, or three from Jordan Alvarez or pick one of the homers tonight from the Astros, but... Corbin Burns giving up four homers, a new career high for him, is is really the difference. I mean, yes, they were mostly solo. Uh, there were four solo homers, but nonetheless, uh, you give up that many. That's certainly a, a a cause for alarm. I don't know if you have anything to add on that as far as difference making of this one. 
No, I think the difference making of the game is basically Corbin Burns is, you know, the like you said, the cutter wasn't working and, and he fell behind in those counts. And you, I think you alluded to the fact that almost all of those home runs were when he was behind in the count, right? So in, in big league hitters, especially the Astros, where you're starting to see, right? I mean, you're kind of starting to see the Astros starting to pull away in their division, like starting to kind of get over that 500 and, and not looking back. So I mean, I mean the Astros are a great team, and and even when when you have stuff like Burns, if you fall behind a good team like that, they're going to make you pay. And I want just Jordan Alvarez. I mean the numbers on him are ridiculous. We flash a stat over on television today: minimum fifteen hundred career plate appearances. So I'll be a kind of small sample size, but coming into tonight, among left-handed hitters all time. All time with at least 1,500 plate appearances, Jordan Alvarez has the fifth best slugging percentage in baseball history. I mean, the names that he's with are ridiculous. And the the stretch that he's in right now, starting to really lock things in and get things going in the right direction again, which, I mean, to be no one's surprise, quite frankly. But, I mean, Babe Ruth, Ted Williams, Lou Gehrig, Barry Bonds, and then Jordan Alvarez at 588 coming in tonight. This dude is maybe going to be for a long time the best pure power hitter in baseball yeah i mean uh, it, it was interesting because you really saw him come into his own not i mean not even coming into his own but really came a household name last year in the playoffs right and just they were treating him kind of like he was barry bonds i was thinking more like of a, a david ortiz but uh the, that list of guys that you just rolled through had some uh some high high praise and a short list David Ortiz, by the way, is 10th in case uh, folks back home were listening. Granted, he's the smallest sample of the guys I just named, obviously. Only 1,700 plate appearances, so there's a little bit of fun with numbers. But he's ridiculous. He hits two homers, a grand slam as well. Uh, When I look at what the Astros do, and this isn't a knock on the Brewers, but it's just the way that they think and what the machine that they built after tanking in you know 2014 and starting to build up for this homegrown new Jeff Luno system, you look at their lineup tonight versus the Brewers lineup tonight, and granted, the Brewers pitching staff's good at this, but homegrown. The Astros have a knack of developing these last 10 years their own homegrown players and having them all be impact. Now, the Brewers have a great job of this on the pitching side of things. And they definitely have had homegrown players as well. Weimer and Terang and guys and Ty- Tyrone Taylor are homegrown in today's lineup. But there is something to be said and a, a kind of a hat tip, I guess, I'm sending across the boat to Houston about their homegrown stars. Yeah, some of that's a little bit luck, but you can't really fault them. I mean, that Correa's walked out the door. Uh, Springer's walked out the door. And they have Altuve that's hurt. But, uh, you know, I don't think that Alvarez was a homegrown guy, but I might be mistaken there. He's like a technicality homegrown. He was uh, uh, acquired as a minor leaguer for the Josh Fields trade back in 2017, uh, and the rest is history. He made his big league debut in uh, 19 and and really never looked back. But looking ahead to tomorrow, Colin Ray is going to try to get the Brewers on track. He's back up in the big league level because of all of the injuries. And we didn't really we touched on it briefly with Eric Lauer going down due to right shoulder impingement, not left shoulder, right shoulder impingement. Something he feels has been impacting his delivery the last few weeks. It hasn't gotten better, but that's beside the point. Colin Ray gets the ball tomorrow. He's a grounds ball guy. He's a guy that's going to keep the ball down, and he's just going to kind of dare the Astros to make contact against him and see if he can keep it inside the yard. Well, you know, I mean, the Bruce defense is very good, especially in the infield. I mean, Miller made another outstanding play tonight. 
uh, Terang and, and, and Adamas and, and tell us, I mean, their infield is, is solid. I mean, defensively, I think that for the most part, I mean, that's kind of what's keeping the Brewers afloat and above 500. It's not their offense and it's not really their starting pitching. It's kind of the, the back end of their bullpen and their defense, which sometimes goes highly underrated. And Terang hasn't even made an error yet in the big leagues. Yeah, I mean, he made that awesome play moving forward in front of second base earlier in this one. Uh, I I was telling Steve Sparks on the other side, the radio and former knuckleballer, of course, with the uh, Brewers, telling him, like, hey, what do you think of Terrain? I said, I mean, he's legitimately should be a contender for gold glove at second base. And that's part of the reason why so many ground ball guys in the Brewers' bullpen have really got off to such a great start because they can rely on that defense behind them. Yeah, not only that, but I'm turning double plays that really – where you might have, you might have more of an offensive second baseman out there. I mean, he he's not afraid. He is he's fearless out there. He uh, he's looking to make the great play, but he plays under control. He's just got that sixth tool that, that that scouts look for, right? They just got that instincts and the intangibles. And he definitely has it on the defensive side of the ball. And he's a hundred fifty or so plate appearances into his big league career. There is plenty of time for him. And he hit the ball hard a couple of times the last few days, and I, I, I've been saying it for a while. I think he's due to click. I think he's about to get things going in the right direction, and maybe tomorrow will be the day. Jeff Cirillo here on Brewers Extra Innings. Thanks, as always, for your insight, my friend, and hopefully uh, you bring a win with you tomorrow. We don't have to talk about position players pitching. Uh, maybe I'll bring it up to Craig Council tomorrow about uh, that certain strikeout you had back in 2007. Oh, don't do that. Better days ahead. Better day tomorrow. <laughs> All good. Jeff Cirillo here on Brewers Extra Innings. Back with more after this. Welcome back to Brewers Extra Innings. Coming along on the program, it's tied for who's hot and who's cold. It's brought to you by Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Trust in your family's comfort at home with Cider and for a limited time, you can save up to $1,000 off an AC or a furnace unit. It's families helping families since 1912. Cider, heating, plumbing, and electrical. Cider, spelt S-E-I-D-E-R, cider.com. Who's cold? Brewers offense. You knew that right now. But the good news is the rest of the division is cold, too. So there's ever a silver lining that the fact that the rest of the NL Central is going to keep the Brewers in the hunt for a long time. Maybe that's a... A blessing? Maybe that's actually a blessing. That Maybe that's a curse disguised as a blessing, given the fact that we don't look at standings, but we look at records at this time of year. They're three games above five hundred. All right, Them and the Pirates are now tied again at 25 and 22. The Cardinals lost tonight to the Reds, so they don't gain any ground. Everybody's within five games of each other right now in the NL Central. So no one's really going to jump out and grab it at this point, and no one's really falling apart and losing it, including the Reds, right? They're only seven games under five hundred at this point in the season. When you look back to 2021, when they acquired Willie Adamas and got things going in the right direction, uh, they were twenty. They were 24 and 23 through 47 games, and they ended up winning over 90 games. So things can turn around very quickly. It's 160 games, 162 games, and I can understand... That there hasn't been signals of that yet. I, I would say there's going to be need to be some new blood, a new life, new acquisition, something different, right? They rode the hot hand of Owen Miller. His streak has come to a close. Christian Yelich has shown signs of life here in May, but he can't do it alone. Rowdy Telez is a bona fide home run hitter, but the majority of his homers have been solo homers. William Contreras has slowed down. There will be ebbs and flows of a season, but it is only May 22nd. At the same time, this second quarter of the season is when you figure out who you are and what you need to add in July. And quite frankly, 
they might be adding sooner than that if they feel like they have a chance with this window right now. Given, you know, they beat the market on Willie Adamas acquiring him and getting him going in the right direction when they acquired him in 2021 in May, right? Seems like an early time to make a trade. But if you can beat the market, given you've lost three starting pitchers to this point in the year, if you can go out and get somebody, Lucas Giolito has been something that's popped up in my mentions a few times now this week. They're not The Brewers are not going to be the only team looking for starting pitching help, let alone Lucas Giolito, who's been a proven solid pitcher when he's on. It's going to be a matter of who's going to you know, pull the trigger first and set off the market because everybody's injured right now. Everybody has dealing with injuries. But it feels like when you're this team, when you're the Brewers, and you're trying to figure out, all right, you're built on pitching and you lose... Woodruff, you lose uh, now Lauer, who hadn't been really that effective to this point in the year. You lose Miley, who had been on fire. Burns has not been effective. Freddie has been inconsistent. You're relying on Colin Ray, and you're relying on uh, you know Adrian Hauser, who was injured at the start of the year. He's still trying to get his legs underneath him. So there's so many compounding factors onto the Brewers' staff, something they viewed as a strength coming into the year. Maybe an acquisition is going to be the route they have to take. Just spitballing there, seeing what happens. We're going to listen in to Craig Council's press conference coming up after the break on Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. All right, I think we got it all figured out now. Let's hear from the manager, Craig Council. Probably got too much of the plate. And then maybe I haven't seen it, but probably middle cutters and maybe didn't have great action on them. Um, yeah, I think every home run was a cutter. Is there anything that hitters that you're noticing are doing like specifically against the cutter um, in, in these last no. few outings or just poor location? Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I'd say no to that. Is this lineup kind of similar to the Rays where, you know, they're very top-heavy in terms of the experience, so it's like you have to, you have to control the bottom of the lineup to try to avoid big damage well they i mean they they have you know maybe you know one of the top hitters in the league that's centering the lineup for sure um you know but it's you know they're they're obviously they got some big the big names at the top of the lineup that have been, we've seen on tv from some a lot of playoff action the last couple of years but um yeah i mean it's a it's a good lineup um they're a good team um, we just did, we didn't make enough pitches tonight. Valverez and his splits hitting righties and lefties. What kind of challenges does that bring for him as a matchup? I mean, he's he's one of the best hitters in the league. So there's a challenge for I don't care what pitcher we're putting in there. It's a challenge for anybody. With Cork, it just feels like he hasn't been able to quite string together the the usual starts. Like last one was much better, and then this one kind of just. When as it did, what what do you make of his season two months into it now? Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, I would say he hasn't put together a long string of good starts. Um, I, I thought the two previous starts were, were pretty darn good. Um, you know, probably just just spraying the ball a little more than than we've seen. Um, I mean, the stuff is you know, by the way we look at it, is is really the same um you know some misses maybe a little bigger than than usual um but nothing nothing that's like 
not really close to like putting himself right on track. Nothing really going right for the Brew Crew right now. So trying to figure things out in the right direction. There weren't really highlights in this one. Yeah, Rowdy hit a homer, but that's really all there is to write home about tonight. I'm Dominic Catronio for our producer, Isaac Marquardt. Thanks for listening. Keep on swinging.